tuning in to the online broadcast network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! I might be gone right now. Feel it. <laughs> All right, that is Brandon Calhoun, a lost to be found, lost to be found song. Doing our intro and welcome, After Buzzers, to another Battle Creek After Show. Tonight we're recapping season one, episode three, Man's Best Friend. And before we dive into that, want to make sure you all are subscribed to us on YouTube, youtubecom slash TV and find our podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, you name it, rate the app, rate the podcast, subscribe, comment. We want to hear what you guys think of all the Absolutely. episodes. I'm Lauren Salon. You can find me on Twitter at Lauren Salon, and I'm joined tonight by Gary Thomas to my left over here. Gary, how's it going? Great, and you guys can find me on Instagram or Twitter at I am Gary Thomas or at IamGaryThomas.com. Awesome. All right, so let's dive into tonight's episode. Such a good one. Man's Best Friend. It <laughs> opens with the st- Milt... Font and Russ all at a school talking to some students about gun safety, being a police officer. I can imagine, you know, they're doing their kind of community outreach and safety presentation. And they bring their dog who Font's like, kids love dogs, you know, we're going to bring them. (laughs) And it's this like raggedy little terrier looking thing named Cookie that we learn who... In that, when they're in the school, I wasn't totally sure if Cookie was Font's pet or something, or exactly that was definitely that's not, not a canine. That's not a police dog at <laughs> no. all. That was a that dog was ratty, <laughs> dirty. Was. Poor dog. It was like a little like puppy, you know, a dog from a shelter. <laughs> it's not that is. I mean, as we find out though, they leave that school and Cookie attacks. A little girl walking down the street. I'm we- sorry. I laughed so hard when he attacked so- the little girl. Oh, she just man. fell over. <laughs> right on her face. Cookie attacks the girl, is going for the black, the backpack, and I think it's a fluke the whole time while I'm watching, you know, which is kind of what everyone is thinking that, like, oh right. my gosh, this dog, I thought you said, like, the canine department had this thing trained, what is going on? She's attacking this poor little girl, and she's going straight for the backpack, and they open up the backpack to find... Heroin. A ton of heroin. A kilo. A kilo of heroin. And me, and all in the background, this song, I'm a Big Bad Wolf, coming <laughs> on and stuff, and, you know, it opened with drawings of what the, um, you know, a Big Bad Wolf is a metaphor for and stuff, so that was kind of a theme throughout. But... Russ then brings this poor little girl who looks terrified to into the classroom and starts questioning her. Right. And as I'm watching this, I think I even turned around and said to you, like, wait, I don't, you can't be questioning a little, a little girl, girl without her parents. <laughs> this right. girl's tiny, you know? And he and Milt kind of get into it about that. And Milt's saying, hey, guy, you know, the rules, we got to have parents around. You can't be doing this. And it'll be inadmissible, like, you know, if she's in custody. And Russ is like, oh, she's not in custody. We're still at the school. She can leave whenever she wants. And they're like, 
okay, come on, this girl's in fourth grade. She doesn't. Right. She has no idea what her her rights, her rights are. are. So I felt like with that. I mean, at, initially, I thought they were going to slip up and not mention the whole thing about needing parents. And I was like, oh, are they going to, like, no, you know, slip up with their police knowledge? The writers know. Yeah, they're, they're on top of, of it. it. They're on top One of it. One thing the writers did miss. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll say this. When he's trying to comfort the little girl, like, yeah. you know, I'll get you a soda or a juice. First of all, I'm from the Midwest. We do not say soda in the Midwest. Oh. We say pop. Writers, get it right. Oh, he should have offered yeah. her a pop. Snap. <laughs> yeah. No, he should offer soda. We don't say soda. We don't say that. Yeah. We say pop. That fizzly goodness that you Michigan, put in your mouth is pop. You're not saying soda. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even know. I mean, I'm a Californian. I did not catch that at all. Yes, if you YouTubers. Pop, I would have thought it would have been weird. <laughs> YouTubers, for your knowledge, I am from Cleveland, so yeah. I say pop. <laughs> He's got the insider perspective on our, our all things Midwest yes, for us I li- here on the panel. <laughs> I laughed in my head when they said, I was like, he's offering her soda. Oh. She doesn't know what that is. Yeah, she doesn't know what soda is. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Good one. <laughs> yeah, so he's questioning her, and then they go, you know, they're having this little chat. They come back, and, of course, the mom and the principal are there. And are like, what the heck are you trying to do? Better not be questioning right. my daughter. We know our rights. No. I was so surprised how fast that mom got down there. Yeah. My thing was, it made her look suspicious because she got on the defense so quickly. Because you know, if a mom is not involved, she's like, you know, tell him, like, what's going on? Like, you know. Right. When she got on, you know, that threw me all the way off in the whole episode because she was on it. Like, we know our rights. She's not saying any words. Like, wow. Yeah. This girl, you know, fourth grade. So what is that? Nine years years old, old? Ten years old. So this is a little kid, you know, a little innocent baby kid but yeah so they think yeah so we think she's a little girl we think yeah exactly so we then go into a scene with gusewitz is talking to the team at the station and she's like okay they've lawyered up so we can't really pressure the girl anymore you know we can't like unless we have some real evidence we can't really do anything right now and so they kind of start talking about the different you know theories and who they should mm-hmm. focus on and milt is suggesting that they stop focusing on the parents he's like maybe she found it at school or on the way to school maybe she was intercepted by drug dealers because right. they like do that apparently which is terrifying that they're like in intercepting little kids on their way to school to help them mule their drugs around scary that is super scary. And yeah. it's like, I, th- I thought that was a good perspective to bring like that part of crime in there. I love how they put just an inkling of danger in all of it. I know. Amongst the comedy, but yeah, it's just it, a little bit of danger it, in it. It definitely felt this episode like there were some really uh, intense, intense moments. moments. Yeah. Which I feel like the past couple episodes have been very lighthearted almost. And the crime element was, you know, comical or right. just created some suspense and moved the plot along. But... This episode seemed to have a lot more intense moments. I loved it. Definitely. Yeah. I loved it. It kept me on the edge of my seat the entire time. It like, was great. There was so much to this episode. Yeah. So then they come up with this way to get more evidence, essentially. If they can't keep Social questioning services. the little girl. Yeah. Which I thought was super smart. They're like, okay, well, we suspect that drugs are happening in your household somehow, which clearly makes a case for a social worker needing to come check out to make sure everything's safe for your little girl. Right. That's an awesome happened. loophole because I feel like yeah. if you call social services, you know, the child protective services, they do automatically come out when the suspicion is there. Right. They don't they don't waste any time because it's children. I was like, that's a really smart idea. Yeah. And so they're doing this and going through with the social worker and she's seeing all this stuff about how great, you know, this little girl is and this family looks very put together. You know, she's like, oh, she's doing this and like winning these awards and, right. you know, a 
good little student. So her parents are doing something right. So I'm not saying anything fishy here. And meanwhile, Milt is kind of playing Mr. PR with the family, like talking about how As talking usual. up Russ Smoothie. and stuff. He really just wants to find who the bad guy is and who did this. <laughs> We're really looking out for you. You know, his typical Milt. demeanor. Yeah, Milt. He's being very Milt. And they go into a bedroom and find this like scuba lockbox that's like sometimes drug dealers use them to keep their heroin dry or dry drugs dry. Right. Who knew? And so he breaks it open and the social worker's kind of like, oh, well, locked isn't a hazard or right. a danger to kids, which that seems insane. If we're she talking about the real world. Job. I know, but that seems crazy that in the real world, if you found <clears throat> a box of locked up heroin, that wouldn't have been considered a danger to the child or <laughs> well she paralleled it to a locked up gun you know yeah. it's not a danger to the child according to their rules not right. saying that i necessarily believe that but according right. to their rules but that can't be true because a locked up gun you can have a gun legally mm-hmm. whether it's locked up or not you can't really have that much heroin in your house whether it's locked <laughs> up or not so. she's saying that it's locked up i just i can't check it one's, I can't one's legal this. and one's illegal but that is the thing if they if it is so locked up you know yeah, she can't. She can't check it, world. and he's like, right. "Well, what if it was just happened yeah. to be opened?" Yeah, so he knocks it open. They just find it's like books and a violin, her little, like, her little, little collectibles, stuff. I know, <laughs> her cute little kid stuff. And while Milt's in the other room, we see he notices something a little suspicious. Oh, yeah, in a photo or such something. A, such a good one. I know. They're so good at the little things yeah, that you can miss little, so easily. Those little nuggets and. We learn that Joey Ferraro is a cop, and he is the uncle of this little girl. And so they were so quick. I thought this was interesting, because they were so quick to assume that Joey was the bad guy in this. Like, I get the connection, because he would have access to that amount of heroin, you know, in evidence or something, and he could decide he wants to turn and do himself. Yeah, being a crooked cop. But I feel like... They were so quick to jump to that and just assume he was involved in a bad way. Because I feel like when you're a police officer, and it seems like they work in the same department. Yeah, he's and, a police officer in Battle Creek. Yeah, he's a police officer in Battle Creek. So they know him, you know. You would, you would like, assume that your fellow cops are innocent, I would think. Yeah, you're right. I think they jumped to conclusion they, it was just so a fast. bit quick. Yeah. They didn't just bring him into question and make me say, hey, how close are you to her? Maybe you can get her to talk. Right. But they just yeah, they jumped, jumped right to it. it. I was like, okay, I feel like if you're going to com- like confront another cop about possibly being involved in like using kids to mule drugs around, you're maybe going to like do it with a little bit more finesse no. or get a little bit more evidence. But see, that's the Battle Creek way. That's the Battle Creek way. Bold. They always jump to conclusion. Face. Like they always jump yeah. right on top of a story and it's, that's Milt's what they like, stick whatever, to. Whatever, I don't care who I piss off today. Right. They just Doesn't jump matter. on the story and like I feel like most of the time in the shows, Milt is half right and half wrong, and then Russ is yeah. half right, half wrong. Like, right. that's how they balance each other out. But they jump on a story, a, a, a theory, so to speak, yeah. a theory right away. They jump fast. I thought it was so funny during that exchange how they find out that, <laughs> he that wasn't Russ invited. wasn't invited to this barbecue that everyone else was invited to, and he's, like, after see, him as a suspect, like, partly fueled by that. Right. Like, what the heck? You're not inviting me to your barbecue. But you noticed when we were watching, I laughed immediately because I knew it was going to come back around. Yeah. I knew that it was coming back around. He's like, oh, yeah. You know, he was at a barbecue the other day. I thought you would have been there. Yeah. Like, milk being milk. Of course, <laughs> like, milk was invited. Right. Yeah. Everyone was invited. Oh, it's so funny. So Joey seems pretty convincing that 
it's not him. And I, I mean, I kind of believed him at that point. But the thing we've learned, I think, with I was going to say, like, with I, Battle Creek, is that when they're giving us suspects, usually everyone they present to us is involved in somehow. some way. You know, it's not going to be a complete red herring where it's that person's totally off scot free. You know, that's, that's what I like too. Like, there's no one you can really believe because, like. The way they write the show mm-hmm. is always like somehow this person is looped in. They're right about this person somehow. They're yeah. not just bringing this person on for any old reason. Right. It's not going to be a complete fake out right. most of the time. So, you know, on the one hand, I think the way he was portraying it, you know, the actor and stuff and playing it, it seemed very believable. And I was like, oh, maybe he could be like <laughs> not the bad guy. But I'm like, no, they don't do that. No, so they don't. We've we've come. We've learned that this far from the writers. They don't do that. They're going to it's going to turn out. Somehow. There's going to be some payoff. There's something yeah. about this person that's, that's why you're there. Yeah. And so we then see that Jay Cox, the other Aaron, is at an FBI training. And she's at a seminar all about lying. And they're talking about all those, like, little micro expressions and stuff. Like, if somebody does, their face will automatically do it if they're lying, which I don't know how accurate all that stuff is. I know I've seen it in so many different crime shows. So I'm, I'm, I've always been so curious to try and learn that. So then you can, like... So I can, like, out, sit there and stare in people's right? eyes. Say, figure out if people liar. are lying. See them flinch the wrong way. I can hold that back if I saw you flinch. I'm like, liar. I, I know, right? <laughs> if you saw you're like, oh, really? Tell me more about that. But anyway, so we see her there at this training. And on the one hand, you're like, oh, cool. They have access to all these FBI resources now because Milt has his satellite office there. Okay, interesting. But then we see her look up Kem, Ken Bramberg, who was... Milt's old boss yes. that we saw in episode one being like, oh, I'm so happy this guy's out of here. So we always knew that we were going to come back to that at some point. And so she's there to kind of bump into Ken Basically. and find out some information. And she um, bumps into him <clears throat> and basically starts asking okay, so what's the deal with this guy, Milt? I think he's kind of a phony, so what's the scoop? Why'd he get demoted? I thought that was so bold because she never knows. You know, it's like when you meet somebody for the first time, you kind of just don't say, say stuff that. like yeah. that. Like, well, and she kind of covers it by saying, oh, well, you were par- probably his best friend, you know, or something here. I guess so that, I'm not asking. I shouldn't be asking you. I guess I just would, I would want to cover my tracks because someone, somehow this could get back to Milt and then he knows right. I'm like kind of like snooping about him. I don't really like, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So he says great things about Milt. You know, I'm so I'm so sad to see him leave, all this stuff, but then like we zoom in and see he flinched a little bit. So it means he's lying. And right. so she knows there's there's more going on there. And back at the station, meanwhile, they're still questioning Joey and Funk and Font go and search his place and they find nothing. For, well first of all, Funk Hauser was hilarious. He was very funny. And this whole Shailene thing is so freaking funny. But I <gasps> love that they they always do something great. Even though they're, they're very goofy characters, mm-hmm. they always find something just so detrimental in the whole storyline for yeah. their for the case that they kind of make them great characters too, right. you know? And I feel like everybody ends up having some sort of, you know, really lucrative right. role in solving the case. You know, exactly. it's really um, integral in, in piecing it all together. So that's fun to see that it's not like one, even though Milt is like the superstar, you know, he's not uh, always course. the one to solve it. Everyone kind of... Everyone has a part, and that's kind of great. Like, the teamwork is great. Yeah, and, like, we saw Holly, again, like, breaking another case this week. the bomb. Like, she always has, like, the... Her part of the story of the case is always, like, the game changer. Right. They make her so so good. I don't know what... What is her role, exactly? 
The Game Changer. <laughs> the Game Changer. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call her, Holly, the Game Changer, because she's always like that one who finds Yeah, like, she's like, oh, I have an idea. And, I got and then it. she goes and pieces it all together. But I'm so curious because she's not out in the field with them. She just hears everything, and I think. That's but she's what, very. I think that's a good on top thing. Of though. Everything. That's yeah. good though. Sometimes, sometimes women are like that. They just process everything, and it comes. It's like, wait a minute, you didn't think about this. She hears everything. Yeah, she, she hears she everything. All. So I'm curious, even what her position there is, because she always seems to figure stuff out and be very detective-y. You called her a secretary. I well, that's what I. <laughs> I know. That's what I. It seemed like she was doing, like the office manager. <laughs> Secretaries don't Not crack the cases. <laughs> she seems like kind of the office manager type person, which I don't think she is. But we don't see her being involved in any of the cases, aside from just like the, you know, water cooler chit chat in the office. She can't. Well, you can't just go into like evidence and everything. You're just a secretary, right? Oh, and. By the way, that seems super weird to me. <laughs> I mean, we're we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but that seems so weird. For one, I mean, I've watched enough crime TV to know how real police stations work. Just kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you can't... She walks by the guy who's, like, guarding the evidence room. Oh, hey, how you doing? It's, you know, usually, I feel like, from what I've seen on TV, which means it's probably true, you have to, like, sign in, show ID to the person to go look at evidence. She's just like, hey, what's up, buddy? Has the Pulls the keys out of her pocket, unlocks it, and then goes in and takes starts doing tests I just, on I just feel the drugs. Like if you're not in the lab, I don't think you just cut open a bag of drugs and just no. start testing on the counter. Like, that yeah, was a little bit far-fetched. With... with the last episode with her getting the ring, the husband's ring, out of evidence and giving it back to the wife. Like, someone needs to put a better lock on this evidence Well, now, room. in this episode, they mentioned they do inventory. And then, you know, how did you just take the ring last time? Wouldn't that be a part of inventory? Yeah, it's just, so it just seems interesting that, I mean, I trust Holly completely, but it seems funny that the, you know, the evidence room is so loosely guarded. Right. But maybe so it's open. back to their not having resources for anything. <laughs> Nobody's Nobody guard. can even guard the evidence. You know, the guy was going on his break. <laughs> anyway, back to where we were. We, um, Milt has his drug dealer theory. He thinks that, you know, he says, hey, you know, I was, I've worked on a case before with some Dominican drug dealers and they sometimes, you know, if, cops were on their tail or something they would toss drugs just wherever they were in the bushes or whatever so that they don't have the drugs when the cops catch them but they know where to go back and find them so he's thinking maybe this little girl found the drugs on her way home and yeah so that whole thing seems pretty plausible and of course yeah since milt was involved in this case before you know maybe something's on to, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's something. got he's, something. Like but, they always have right. Yeah, but I would think that because he's in Battle Creek, you know, it seems like such a random place then for these Dominican drug dealers to be, but who knows how widespread they are. <laughs> well, he he learned that information from Detroit, you know, working in Detroit. Yeah. That's where he, and then he, he's saying, you know, maybe this is a plausible thing in Battle Creek too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Jay Cox comes back from the FBI training and spills the beans to Russ, who we then... Find out. Well, of course, Russ sent her to the training so she could get some dirt on Milt. You know, he's still not so sure about Milt. And she tells him everything about what Ken said, but saying that, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure he was lying, though. And she asks him if his suspicion has anything to do with Holly. And Russ says no, but he does that little same little flinchy thing. And so I'm like, 
I'm like so on the fence about it because I feel like I couldn't really tell that much if he really flinched. It was like the was, tiniest the, little flinch. Yeah, yeah. Which, I don't know. I feel like she's like running with that little bit of... I mean, she didn't actually get trained on it. She just like listened yeah, to it, yeah. you know? But I thought it was cute. Like, she's just like, oh, okay. You know, she's like... She she was just like, I'm yeah, so lying. She, she's jumping Bob. to conclusions with stuff. But I think it does a little bit have stuff something to do with Holly because earlier in the beginning of the episode we see you know she brings something up and Milt's like oh that's a great idea Holly you know so he's kind of like recognizing her Holly always defends Russ too though so I'm not not sure you know then we see Holly over there spreading gossip too yeah exactly I'm not sure she likes Milt I'm I'm sure she she likes Russ yeah she always is very open about talking about how handsome Milt is and so I would see if he has a crush on her or if Russ has a crush on her him you know being a little little put off by that but no I think she full on has the hots for Russ and soon enough we will see that all transpire I, I definitely, think. I know that's coming. Like, it has know, come to come on, at guys. some point. If they don't yeah. give me that this season, I'm going to be very upset. Oh, they... Very, I, very upset. I hope they would. At least a little something. Maybe, like, an accidental kiss. Well, right. not an accidental kiss, but, like, a oops, we kissed. Right. Like, you know, he's <laughs> saving her, and she's excited, yeah. you know. So she kisses him. Yeah, exactly. So... We then see them do a little sting on the drug dealers. They find some alley where, you know, the cops will bust them at one end and kind of like corner these drug dealers into running this way. And we see them toss drugs, just like Milt's theory. And they catch these drug dealers. And I thought it was so another oh Milt moment where they catch these guys and Milt starts speaking Spanish. Like, of course, he knows Spanish. And... He he's like, oh yes, I learned I was fluent in three different languages when I was growing up because wherever country I lived in with my family, neighbored bike there, yeah, neighbored on three different countries, so I know them. My Spanish isn't as good, and he calls the guys Cubans, and he's like, oh, they're Cuban, definitely from the accent, and the guy's like, no, we're not Cuban. Like, what are you talking about? Not Cuban, and he's like, no, definitely Cuban, and. So the guy spills the beans about being Dominican. He's like, no, we're Dominican, and which was so smart of Milt. To always. play dumb like that. Yeah. Always. <laughs> he, one step ahead. He got them good. That was yeah. Like, got them dumbest. good. So they're questioning this guy and he's pretty much not going to, you know, he doesn't give up anything. And so Milt sets up an appointment or a meeting with his confidential informant. And from episodes <laughs> before, we've seen that. Teddy the Snitch is Russ's confidential informant, who's like this chubby, long-haired pothead, essentially. (laughs) And Milt and Russ are having a little workout. You know, Milt's like, oh, I want to, you know, give you an update, but we need to work out, and we're going to have a busy day, so we might as well kill two birds with one stone, you know? (laughs) Russ is out there with a a big gulp. (laughs) Yeah, with his huge soda. And so he's like, oh, I have, like, my informant going to give us kind of the download on these Dominican drug dealers and this girl this like gorgeous girl comes out and we learn that she's a cheerleader for the Detroit, Detroit Pistons. Pistons and Russ is like of course your informant is a super hot cheerleader right she's like is that a problem he's like no but my informant is ugly. <laughs> he's a fat dude <laughs> <laughs> but eats Cheetos all the time I don't know um, but yeah so she gives him a little bit of info and says that the last mule you know the last child mule who was transporting drugs around for these dominican drug dealers was 16 years old and when kind of word got out you know that 
this kid was doing that, they were th- she was thrown off of a you know off a building. Right. You know, so, for either losing the drugs, losing or the drugs. I think losing drugs. Yeah, yeah, I think it was losing the drugs. Thrown off a building. So just kind of a warning, like, hey, these guys don't care about if kids are involved. Like they'll yeah. sacrifice anybody to keep kind of you know keep the word off the street about who they are. So yeah. So then we see Gus. Um, Gusowitz call Jay Cox in and kind of is like, okay, I know you're spying. What's going on? You know, what did you find out? And so they're all, this is when they all start to gossip about what was going on. She's like, oh, I think that Milt had an affair with his boss's wife. And that's what happened. Yeah. He's Holly throwing, you know, she's the hero I see on throwing out her theory and it happens Mm -hmm. to just be something good. Yeah. And that's it. What do you think? Do you think that... Milt, do you think there's any... What do you think that Milt is really trying to cover up? I don't know, because here's the thing, you know, when Holly... um, Not Holly, but when Aaron confronts him, and he doesn't twitch. I know. I just think... And I was just like, you know, at first I'm like thinking to myself, he's really well-trained in the FBI. He probably was just like, you know, going on. But then when he was speaking to the child in the family, he said, I never lie. Yeah. So I was just like... No, I think he's just tricking Milt? us. I think he's tricking us. I think he figured he went to that FBI lying seminar class so he many times. Where, you know, he went. knows how to not lie too. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he said he never lies. I don't. So know. I'm so confused. I don't think Milt's as good as we all think. I mean, I think he's a really oh, no. good guy, but I think he's got some secrets. We see that in episode one. You know, with the oh, whole yeah. conversation before they bust in bust the door. In the door. The night, mm-hmm. we, we know that Milt has some other side that we're going to see at secrets. some point. But I just don't know. I was so like. I, I, want, I didn't want to believe him. Like, no, Milt didn't do that. But he doesn't lie. He didn't twitch. So yeah, and he seems so believable when she confronts yes. him. He's like, gets teary. I'm so ashamed for what I did. With Lori, All that. <laughs> yeah, Lori. It wasn't Lori's fault. So either he's that's his cover story, and if it's yeah, I don't know. But I don't know either. Yeah. So we're back with the parents questioning the little girl. I think her name was Katori. And in this time, it's so different because they are there without their lawyer and they're encouraging her to speak, you know, and Milt's giving this big speech about integrity. And we're really, you know, looking to um, find, you know, the evidence and stuff. And they encourage the daughter, you know, not to or to say something. And she says she won't say anything, which is such a giveaway that she does know something, you know. Yeah, that was it because, you know, after finding out about the 16-year-old, they took that to the parents and, you know, kind of convinced the parents with this, you know, we need to, you know, protect your daughter. Yeah. And it just got so much better, the episode. They started really questioning her. Yeah. And she said she won't. It was like, Yeah, wow. I can, but I won't. I know. She was such a, like, kind of a dark twist on this right. little girl we've seen just so petrified the whole time. Right. Like, she was I so can, tough. Like, it was I like, know. wow. Yeah. So... Then they're back questioning this drug dealer. And I thought it was so smart, you know, such a good tactic of them to be like, hey, good news. We're going to let you go and we'll drive you back ourselves and we'll be smiling and (laughs) hugging and waving. But, you know, we won't obviously you won't have told us anything, but, you know, and then the guy's like, "Okay, nope. if you drop me off all smiley like that. While all my rest of my guys are locked up still, everyone's going to think I snitched and I'm going to 
get killed, essentially. Basically. Which is so interesting. Not to talk about another show, but I'll talk about another show. In The Closer, she <laughs> does that same exact move. Like, they drive back this one drug dealer and um, back to his people and keeping the other guys locked up, and he gets killed. So that's like, I guess that's a real... I mean, tactic. it's an automatic assumption. That, it seems I mean, like are you going to go and tell them, like, I did snitch? No. So they're going to yeah, assume so they're that gonna, it's going to take you right. out. Yeah, so that's smart. So they get him to kind of fess up something, and they are then at the, like, big dealer's house to, you know, get more, you know, they've got a lead from that guy. And I thought, I love how they're, like, at the front door knocking. They're like, oh, we're your new neighbors from downstairs. Brownies. We've got brownies and, you know, and a plant for you. And... The guy's obviously, the guy tries to escape, you know, so they catch him, they find all this heroin in his place, case closed, they're back at the department celebrating, Celebrating. and I love, did you hear how they were like, hey, Font, thanks for the brownies. (laughs) I loved that. That was so smart of them to throw in there, because as everyone remembers from last week, we, you know, Font, he has a medical marijuana card right. and he uses his weed for migraines and stuff. And so, so and he, of course he's the one who brought brownies to <laughs> the company party. So I thought that, that was pretty so funny. Um, so Joey and Russ have like this little kind of warm moment about, you know, they apologize. Everything seems okay. Maybe Joey's not the suspect, you know, because they found the drugs at this other guy's house. And then later we find out that the heroin was not a match. So they caught this bad drug dealer. But guess what? The little girl's drugs that she had in her backpack were not the same drugs. Right. right. So they caught a bad guy, but this real bad guy's still out there. Exactly. So then they go to the medical examiner's office. And I thought this whole scene was super weird because they're at the medical examiner's place like where the dead bodies are kept like at the morgue essentially and russ rolls out a body and is like nailing into this little girl well, like that's what he said earlier he's like it's time to scare her we, I know. we can't get through to her we can't break her. we can't reason with her it's time to try to scare her that just seems so over the line i feel like she's like nine years old ten years old and he's like this is your fault i know whatever whoever you're protecting they do this sort of thing and they're killing people like this you're doing this you but know that's the twist of the show. I love that it was such intensity in this scene, such intensity in this episode. It's getting so yeah. good. It's keeping you really attentive to what's I going know. on. I know. Like, well, I was just like, oh my gosh. The I mean, the mom like, tried to object a few times, but the dad's like, no, let, let him question her. I'm like, really? This poor girl is getting terrified looking at dead bodies? Well, I think the desperation kicked in. They want to yeah. save their daughter, and she's not telling no, her. No, like, yeah. Could well, die. Right, because they tell her about the, you know, the 16-year-old getting thrown off the building, but my goodness, it just seems so like such desperate measures to get this poor little tiny girl to talk. She just seems so cute and little. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I thought that was a little crazy. I, I'm not sure if police would really do that. Yeah, I but doubt it. It was. I loved it. And just intensity in the scene and acting. It was just so great. I know. It, yeah. So that was super intense. I thought it was a little weird. And then he full on arrests her. You know, she still wouldn't speak, which was like, wow, we brought you to the edge of fear. And so then we cut to, you know, Funk and Font and Funk saying, like, gosh, like, what does this become? We're arresting like little (laughs) kids. Goodness. And then Holly cracks the case. As usual. Just like last week, which is kind of awesome. And goes in and does her whole drug testing with the vinegar and discovers that 
A bag of heroin. The bag of heroin, yeah, was in fact baking soda. So somebody swapped out the heroin. It was from a case like six months ago or something. And did you, when you were little, did you used to like make the baking soda and vinegar like volcanoes, little volcanoes or bombs or stuff? (laughs) I know. I was thinking that. I'm like, oh, this this is gonna be. Baking I soda. I didn't catch it right when she was testing it, but and then, you yeah. Know, well, because at first when she brought the vinegar in there, I was so confused. Like, what are you doing? And right. then she starts like cutting stuff open. I'm like, oh, just, there just we go. Ripping open heroin. There we go. Yeah. So then this puts Joey back in the hot seat about you know being the one who had the drugs. And Gusewitz approaches him is really like pretty much calls him on it like i know you stole that evidence you know those drugs out of evidence and i'm gonna give you a second chance which i thought was so interesting like so compassionate of her i don't think that would ever happen in the real world like you i mean i guess they don't have clear evidence that he really did take it because she said if he has been this smart this far he's definitely covered his tracks yeah there's no way to figure not figuring this out so She thought, like, maybe if I just, yeah, go approach him with total honesty about it and some compassion with I'll let you off the hook and give you a second chance, then... Trick him. Yeah. And he didn't bite for it. But he does when he leaves. And she kind of did say, actually, before I get into that, like, you owe me. You know, which I didn't know if there was more to that or what was going on. But, you know, he leaves still denying it and says, you know, if you were giving me a second chance and if I did do it, I would be incredibly grateful, which I feel like I feel like that was kind of a tender moment because on the one hand, you're like, well, is Gusewitz completely trying to just trick him or, yeah. you know, is she like maybe that's like a softer yeah, side of her. Yeah, thinking that maybe she is going to let him go, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I was that. like, if you've held on to your story this long and your niece has held on to this story for this long. Why did you even say that? You should have kept denying it. <laughs> Just saying, you know what? You got a heart or whatever, but it's not true. I still don't have it because she had no real evidence. Yeah. So, yeah, you still deny that? Totally. And later, but she, you know, knows that maybe that kind of is going to push him to do something else. Mm-hmm. So they follow him and he picks up Katori, his... um his niece as she's walking which in that part because he was somebody was bugged the i don't car. know he was in his cop car oh, okay so they just had it yeah yeah duh but that to me you know so he full-on pretty much confesses to her and says it's all over thank you you know for doing this like all this stuff and the way he i thought the way that he was talking to her and i and even back when or when russ was really like pressuring her to get answers i feel like they're talking to this 10 year old girl so in such a grown-up way. You know, when he was talking to her, it was like to appear or something. Thank you for doing this. I know how hard it must have been for you. And she's like, oh, what are you going to do next? And he's like using all these, like, these weird words, like ways that you would not tell a 10-year-old right, like, like what your plan is or how you're feeling. It seemed just too grown-up of a conversation the, to have was with defi- her. The way they were speaking to her was definitely like she was advanced or just the relationship. Yeah. Maybe it was just the dynamic of their relationship they were trying to display. Yeah, it was it was interesting. But yeah, she did, you know, did it all because she loves her uncle and doesn't want him to get in trouble and stuff. And, you know, Which he... Which is crazy, like... 10 years old going right. to battle for your uncle that hard that's yeah. crazy like that they must have like a, a really good relationship or something i know yeah so he because he you know was trying to cover up a gambling habit essentially and so 
they wait to arrest him until she's gone, which I thought was another, again, with Gusewitz, another, like, tender moment. You know, she doesn't want the little girl to, like, see one of her heroes getting arrested or think that she was right. to blame for it. Um, and, and yeah, but also from his perspective, this guy, Joey, who has been very careful, as they've said the whole time, hi, uh, wouldn't you think maybe don't um, confess to the crime while you're in a police vehicle? We've already learned right. that criminals are not that smart. I know, but, but when I you're a cop, he's a thing. criminal too. Like you know, yeah, they've got like lapel cams. Their their cars have camera. Like completely rigged up. Like why wouldn't okay. you just walk her in the park or something? And just yeah, do this? like maybe wait till you're off the clock, bro. Right. Not even in your own car, just like away from things. Yeah, it's so dumb. How about never speaking dumb, about it ever again? Right? Be like, hey, what you did for me? Cool, thanks. Right. High five. <laughs> there you go. That seems like it'd be enough. Uh, anyway. They catch him. He's the bad guy. Enough said. Russ doesn't really buy the whole affair thing. So he goes over. He approaches Ken Bramberg, which I feel like that's super close for them all to be. Aren't they in different? Isn't the FBI main area not in? It was in Detroit. That, oh, it's just in Detroit. In How Detroit. far is? I have no idea. Sorry, everyone who's going <laughs> to think we are idiots. I know a lot about that area, but I have never heard of Battle Creek until now. And okay. So, uh, so it must well, just be a little. of course, you got the whole Kellogg's thing, don't go to battle on us. Um, I just don't know how far. Because it's a lot of... Um, I know, we should know that. Sorry, yeah. everybody. Comment <laughs> on YouTube. How far is Battle Creek but from Detroit? Detroit is similar to LA. It has a lot of small suburbs. So right. It's a lot to know where everyone is. Exactly. It just seems so convenient that they're all so close to the FBI. But anyway, TV. so... Yeah, so... <laughs> it's TV. That's right. It's not the real world. Ah! So Russ approaches Ken and says pretty much to you know, come clean and like, I don't believe the the affair thing. And he says that it was, the truth is worse, essentially. And they were a, serving a fugitive, a, a warrant. And I guess Milt, of course, Milt did, jumps in front of Did's two bullets thing. and saves Ken's life, essentially. And, but they were both awarded with an award for bravery or valor, whatever it is. And when he says, you know, but only one of us deserved it, Milt, obviously. And his wife, who I'm assuming is Lori, came to the award ceremony and she like got this twinkle in her eye for Milt and then never looked at her husband the same. And he found her diary that said she pictured him when she was having sex with her husband sort of thing. I'm sorry. What? First of all, what 60 year old woman keeps a diary? (laughs) Really? Do many? um, (laughs) It's kind of like. The Titanic type thing. Yeah, I'm like, who is this woman keeping a diary? Anyway, so they ended up, you know, their marriage fell apart. And then this guy, Ken, was trying to have Milt transferred over and over again. It wouldn't work. But then somebody higher up had him transferred. So there's still the mystery of why the heck is Milt there and what happened? And I think Milt is covering up with a big lie with the whole affair thing and letting people believe that. I'm waiting for it. I know. I'm so curious to see what (laughs) this bomb's going to be. So we end with Milt and is with Katori saying, you know, she did the right thing and, um, you know, that your parents are being supportive, like all this stuff. And it's it's a really sweet moment. And she asks, like, okay, well, then why did you arrest him? He's like, well, he's not my uncle. Not my uncle, girl. I loved it. Yeah. Last line. Yeah, it was it was a great way to end and um I think this episode was good. I I agree like on the whole it definitely had the crime elements were more intense like this that. week for sure. Definitely like that. 
I do think those few moments, like when they're at the morgue and um, in the car with the little girl, were a little weird. Like they were, I think Russ was a little too hard on her in that situation. And then I think the way that the uncle, Uncle Joey was talking to her was way too grown up. So those were the only two times I kind of got pulled out of the story but other than that guess, it was a good it was a this was yeah. a great episode i really like this one yeah really, it was really good like this one it was good so any did we miss anything i think we kind of no, hit we got, all we hit the moments so why don't we launch into a few predictions to wrap us up yeah there we go. Woo. and now you're after buzz TV. <laughs> all right i don't have too many i really think and maybe this isn't so much as a prediction as it is a a hope. I want to see Russ or Holly make a move on each other. <laughs> Don't we all? I think, I everyone think Holly wants to see is this. going to. Or maybe maybe Russ is because now he's a little jealous. <laughs> we saw, but I that's one of my hopes for next week is that some more heat turns up because it's clear that people other people think that they have crushes on each other. Everyone knows it. Yeah, so that's like one of my big ones. I also want to get another nugget. I feel like we might see Ken again next week. Mm. What do you think? Maybe get some more juice into Milt's backstory through Ken? I think that is my overall prediction right there. I just want to see the backstory of Milt. We're going to find yeah, out Yeah, I want to find out. There's him. something juicy back there. Yeah. And so as we saw with the, you know, next week, we have the FBI canine <laughs> drug dog come in. And so it's like a, a dog versus dog. They've got Cookie, the real scrappy looking Battle Creek Poor dog, cookie. and then the Poor FBI cookie. dog, which I thought was interesting that this one was called Man's Best Friend and we've got dogs again. Maybe Cookie did such a good job this episode. She got a callback. Second yeah. episode. I'm excited to see the little <laughs> bet that they have. Um, it's going to be a different side yeah, of the So finally some fun between the two. Yeah, whose dog is going to solve the crime, right. essentially. I think that'll be a really fun Episode. It's gonna be super fun. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready to see that interaction. I think it'll definitely them. be higher comedy than we had this week right. too. This with was intense. Two, with two dogs. Totally, yeah. dogs are funny, right? <laughs> but I love the intensity. I did. Oh yeah, I really the intensity was good. It was. I liked it too because I feel like the last few have been more comedy, so yeah. it was fun to have a harder hitting one. Definitely. All right. I think, we, I think it, we covered it all. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Be sure to check back with us next week. Make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash AfterBuzzTV. Comment about the show on Twitter. Hit us up. Please. Hashtag ABTV Battle Creek. We want to know what you guys thought of the episodes and what you think is going to happen next. I'm Lauren Salon. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, at Lauren Salon. And Gary, where can everyone find you? Of course, I am Gary Thomas on Instagram and Twitter, and I am GaryThomas.com. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 